Hi, I'm Jonathan Edwards, and I want to welcome you to the Jed Breaks Bread podcast. My goal in this podcast is to teach the truth of the Word of God and apply it to our lives that our orthopraxy might be as good as our orthodoxy. May you be blessed. Greetings, friends. Happy Resurrection Week. This is, for sure, one of the most cherished weeks in the entire year for believers because it's the week that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He who was crucified and whose blood paid the price for our sins, a true substitutionary payment, and yet was raised by the power of God on the third day, conquering death and sin and providing hope for life eternal, for all who would believe on his name. What a great joy. What a great truth that is. You know, believers look forward to this week because we get to celebrate the resurrection together. And and it is the resurrection that has given us life, life eternal. And it is the resurrection that gives us hope. It's the resurrection that binds people from different social classes, economic backgrounds, from different races, it binds us all together because we're one in Christ. And this year, in 2020, it is a particularly difficult Resurrection Week. And it's difficult because of the outbreak of the coronavirus known as COVID-19. And this outbreak of the virus has caused a lot of localities and states even the federal government, to recommend stay-at-home orders or lockdown orders where we're not able to gather in large groups. We're not able to be with the brethren. And so this, this Easter week is really bittersweet because we are, we are sweetly celebrating the resurrection of our Savior, but it's bitter because we are, we are unable to gather together as the body of Christ for the sake of the health of one another and to help prevent the spread of this particular virus. So I wanted to spend some time today encouraging you. Um, The last two podcasts have been kind of heavy, and some of the teaching, uh, some of the articles, all the things that we've been reading about or listening to in the the news media, uh, in Christian media, they've been heavy. They've been dealing with some, some hard topics. And I think that's good. I I think it's always good when the church is confronted with difficult truths and we have to go back to the Word of God. We have to remind ourselves what is our foundation. We have to think through, okay, here's what I say I believe, and now I'm in the situation. Do I really believe it? That's positive. Those Those are positive things that we have to experience in life. I would like to take this time on my podcast today, though, to encourage you towards something a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more uh, family-friendly. Not that the other things aren't family-friendly, but this is an opportunity for you to get together with your family to share some great memories, and I would like to encourage you this Sunday, as you celebrate Easter with your family, whether it's over Zoom, which is how our family is going to celebrate Easter, or whether you're able to get together in person in small groups, spend some time talking about your favorite Easter memories of years past. You know, when I 
was growing up, I grew up in a pastor's home and we lived in a, a parsonage and it was on about 10 acres of land. So there was a lot of space. And my mom, my mom was a very crafty person and she remains a very crafty person to this day. And one of my mom's favorite things to do at Easter time was to color Easter eggs. And she was the type of mom who, you know, would hard boil a couple dozen eggs and she would get all the dyes out and she would get crayons out so we could make notes on the eggs or draw designs on them. And then we would dunk them in the dye and set them up. And she was all about having that mess. She was all about doing all that work just so that she could bring some joy and fun to her sons. And we, we did have a lot of fun. It brought a lot of joy to us. My favorite part, though, even though I loved coloring the eggs, my favorite part was when my mom and dad would take the eggs outside and hide them around the property so that we had to do an outdoor Easter egg hunt. Now, in, in southwest Michigan, some years we were able to do this and some years we weren't. Uh, one year in particular at the parsonage, we did an outdoor Easter egg hunt and my dad hid the eggs and each of us boys got uh, to collect a color of egg or, or one or two colors of eggs. And they were hidden based upon how old we were. So as the oldest, I, I often had the hardest time finding my eggs. One year in particular, they hid these eggs and it was really, really difficult to find. And I was kind of complaining about it a little bit. And my dad said, you know, you just need to learn to look real close at things. And he says, go down to that fence row over there and just look real close at the fence row. And so I'm like looking all around the base of the fence row. I'm looking, I'm looking, you know, around the grass, the weeds that have grown up around the fence posts and everything. And my dad says, look up. And I look up and there's an egg sitting right on top of the fence post in plain sight. I was so focused on looking at the minute details. I forgot to look up and I didn't see what was plain right in front of my eyes. That's a good analogy. That's a good metaphor for how we often get in life. We get so focused on the minute details, we forget to look up and just give thanks and see what is plain right in front of our eyes. So I would encourage you this weekend, take some time with your family. Maybe call up your mom, call up your dad, uh, your aunts and uncles, your brothers and sisters, whoever it is, call them up and, and share one of your favorite Easter memories with them. That'll bring warmth and joy to your heart. It'll give you an opportunity to, to recount, you know, not only something that is a shared memory, but perhaps if your family member's not a believer or your friend's not a believer, it'll give you an opportunity to say, hey, here's my, here's my most favorite Easter memory. It's what happened a couple thousand years ago. It's what happened to this guy named Jesus and have an opportunity to then use that phone call to share the gospel with a family member or a friend who maybe doesn't believe in Jesus as, a, as Lord and Savior. You know, I asked my wife, Meredith, I said, what, what's your favorite Easter memory? We had a discussion about that, and I, she wrote down some thoughts about what her favorite Easter memory is, and I wanted to share them with you because I just thought, you know, we all have, even though we grew up five hours apart, we share something in common because of Easter, because of the resurrection, because we are celebrating the same truth, oftentimes in similar ways, even though we are far apart. And, and that gives us a connection 
that gives us a connection that is beyond the face-to-face connection. It's a connection that is based on truth, and truth transcends both time and location. Here's my wife Meredith's Easter memory. Every Easter, after the morning church service, my family and I would gather at my grandparents' farm, and we would have a giant Easter egg hunt all over the property. We were always excited to find pennies and dimes in our plastic eggs, and we would save those so that we could buy little things, even though it wasn't much. Somebody would always have to take a picture of us kids with our baskets. And my mom always handmade our Easter dresses, and I will testify to the fact that my wife's mom, Justine, continues to make Easter dresses, and uh, she makes them for her granddaughters now. So every year, my granddaughter, my two children, and their cousin, they get a custom-made Easter dress from Meredith's mom. After the hunt, we would go inside where Grandma had Fenton White Antique Dishes. Now, I don't know what that is, but this is very significant to them. Uh, my, my wife's family loves antiquing and antique things. So Fenton White Antique Dishes filled with the giant original jelly beans. And this was, she notes, before they had the good tasting ones. Back in the day, jelly beans were kind of like, eh, lots of sugar with a little bit of flavor. Except the black ones, they always had a lot of flavor. Anise, not 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 the best flavor. And Meredith says that her grandparents delighted. They took great delight in eating the black ones in front of us while we cringed. They always had the same lunch, a huge ham, a broccoli casserole, an oyster casserole, her mom's homemade potato salad, rolls, and cherry pie for dessert. Then the afternoon was spent exploring the farm, talking with the neighbors, and just hanging out. And she said, when I think about those times now, and I look at the pictures, I have such fond memories of my grandparents, my parents, spending time with my brothers and sister. And really, that's, that's a great part about the Easter tradition. The time spent with family. I hope that during this current crisis, when we've been sequestered in our homes, you've taken time to really enjoy your family, taken time to appreciate your family, taken time to be thankful for your family. Thinking about favorite Easter memories made me wonder, what were the Easter memories of the apostles? It occurred to me, I'd never thought about that. What were the Easter memories like of the apostles? Let's say you were Peter. A year, two years, three years after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, what would your memories be like? I can only imagine it was a mixture of both shame and joy. Shame that he had denied his Lord three times. Joy that his Lord, who he witnessed being crucified and who was raised up on the third day, was alive. Joy that he saw the empty tomb. Joy that he saw the risen Lord. Joy that Jesus took the time to restore Peter shortly after the resurrection. 
the Apostle John, what were his Easter memories? He was the one apostle who was closest to Jesus throughout the entire experience. And, and by that I mean he spent the most time witnessing the trial, the beatings, the crucifixion. He was also the first one to the tomb. Look what he writes in his epistle, or not in his epistle, in his gospel. So Simon Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. And the two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. This was John. And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple, who had first come to the tomb, then also entered, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead, and the disciples went away to their homes. Think about that, telling that story to the church year after year. Here's what it was like that first day. We got up, we heard this report, we ran to the tomb, and there we looked in, it was empty. Peter went in first, and then I went in, and we examined the grave clothes. We examined the linen wrapping that was on his head, and it was, gone. It was, it was neat and orderly, but there was no body there. Can you imagine the sense of awe, the sense of wonder? Perhaps there was also a twinge of shame in that they knew that Jesus had predicted he would rise again, and yet they didn't believe, they didn't understand what the scriptures were teaching, what the Lord was teaching them. It's a different picture when we read John's letter. In 1 John chapter 1, John writes this, What was from the beginning... What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Look at what he says next. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be complete. John, in looking back across the ministry of Jesus, his time with Jesus, what happened after the resurrection and what had transpired in between the time of Jesus' ascension and the writing of the letter, he says, we saw, we heard, and we proclaim this message to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Do you want to know something, my dear friends? Believers today are doing the exact same thing all around the world. We have seen that the Lord is good. We have heard the truth 
of the Word of God, and we proclaim it to others so that they too might have fellowship. That, my friends, is the real essence of Easter, that though Jesus was killed, though he was literally in the grave for three days, God the Father raised him from the dead, and he broke the power of sin and of death, and he enabled all of us, anyone who would believe upon Jesus Christ, to also have life eternal. What an amazing truth. What an amazing participation that we have in the gospel. I like what Luke says at the end of his letter. Luke testifies that Jesus led the disciples out as far as Bethany, and he lifted his hands and he blessed them. And while blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And what was their response? And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple praising God. My dear friends, even though we can't see each other this Easter, we ought to be continually praising God. We ought to have great joy because we are participators in something that is incredible and that will last forever. And it was all because of God's sovereign choice. God did it for us. God accomplished salvation through his son, Jesus Christ, and God, through the Holy Spirit, renewed our hearts and made us alive. And God drew us to his son. And God you can say, gave us the faith to believe in Jesus Christ, that we would have great joy and that God would have worshipers who would worship him in spirit and in truth. My dear friends, I would encourage you this Easter, spend some time talking about your favorite Easter memories. Talk about your family. Talk about the Easter egg hunt. Talk about the candy or the cookies or whatever it is. But my friends, Spend some time this Easter reminiscing about the faith that you have. Take some time to share your testimony about how God brought you to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and how you are now a part of the family of God because of the work that Jesus Christ did on your behalf. Encourage one another with these testimonies. Encourage one another with these memories. May you be blessed, and may we all, as the church, support one another as much as we can to the best of our ability so that we can be stronger and have a deeper, richer faith as a result of the present trial and circumstance that we experience. And may our fellowship, when we get back together, be considered that much sweeter and that much greater.